Well, hello, welcome to my podcast. That's right, my name is Kaylee Hillier, aka DJB, as uh, this whole thing has been put together. And this is the first podcast that I am producing. A little bit excited, not gonna lie. And I thought, you know what? Because a lot of people know me as DJB or Kaylee from the radio. I don't get paid for doing that. That's sort of like something that I've been working on at Air 107.2 and gaining the experience has been absolutely fantastic. And of course, doing some DJing in and around as well. I've been doing the DJing a lot longer, doing that since I was 12. It's a few years later now, a little bit older, um, but I still enjoy it. So all these different alter egos, but DJB has kind of been the one that's stuck and we're going to run with it. We're going to run with it. I mean, and if you didn't know the whole background of DJB, well, that's like a whole story in itself. I mean, we could do it today. Basically, it's DJ Bubblegum. But I mean, when you're 12, when you're coming up with a DJ name, DJ Bubblegum sounds pretty cool. And it just kind of stuck, pun in, you know, pun intended. And so, yeah, so DJ B for short, but it is DJ Bubblegum. And I mean, there have been times when I've I've kind of thought, oh, this is a bit uncool now, isn't it? I should probably change it. But it's just stuck. It's just stayed there. And I, I'm embracing it now just as DJ B, DJ Bubblegum and just enjoying it. And... I enjoy DJing. It's a good thing to do. I think my favourite part about DJing is just the whole creativity of it. That you can take like different tracks, experiment. I mean, it doesn't always go well, but you know, rules are there to be broken as well. I I always find with DJing, I really enjoy mixing popular songs. I'm not the best at mixing by any stretch of the imagination, but I do enjoy it. And I kind of like the challenge of when there's a new Taylor Swift song or something that comes out, trying to see how you can kind of amalgamate that, put it in somewhere, maybe even find some newer and older songs, chuck them together. I mean, there's so many different things you can do. Um, So yeah, so like, we didn't even think we're going to go down this tangent today, but we have. And I'm I'm here for it. Totally there. And I enjoy it. That's the main thing. So one thing I did learn, though, from doing all the DJing and embracing the pop is just to embrace the cheese. Cheesiness is a good thing. And I think it's kind of just got me to where I am right now. And so, yeah, I'm not going to shy away from the pop. But anyway, going off topic, I'm sure you enjoyed that little tangent right there. This is Trends my new podcast and when I was kind of starting out on the radio going to do a few like work experience placements in radio stations and things like that seeing how they make content I was always amazed at the kind of you know the amount of hard work that they put in to trying to make things that their audience are going to enjoy and then I tried to kind of take that away with me to go to my little community station and my little drive time show and come up with some nice, fun things or topics to talk about. And as you do, as because at Air 107.2, the major sort of age group was, it's about 15 to 25. It's quite a young age group. I'm not even in that age group. I mean, I don't know why I'm, I'm trying to do it. <laughs> but, 
But one thing that it kind of sparked in me in trying to find content and trying to find things to talk about is just the amazing stuff that you can find online. And I'm also sort of like working in social media for a few companies in sort of locally. So I kind of are engulfed in this world or this bubble of social media and looking at trends, looking at things that people are looking at or talking about. And it just kind of sparked this whole love of social media content. It's a whole kind of world that is now exploding that you just kind of see things that probably shouldn't pop up that do and they kind of just start taking over for like an hour to a day to longer than that. Things just get steam and keep on going on social media and I'm all here for it. It is absolutely fantastic and I think we need to embrace it a little bit more. So this podcast, Trends, is going to be looking at some of the best and the weirdest and the most random things I can find coming out from the online space, whether it's from Twitter, whether it's from Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube, whether it's a new thing that a company's brought out that they think is going to be awesome and cool and we're all going to talk about it online, this is what we're going to talk about on this podcast right here. And uh, so we'll do a few subjects, we'll look at a few things each week, maybe some of the highlights that I've come across. And of course, I'm sure other people will find different things that they find across that week. So it'll be fantastic, you know, if we share that as well. You can always message me on Twitter or something at Kaylee Hillier and let me know some of the big trends you've kind of attached yourself to. What has What have people been talking about? And just kind of generally really, really getting into it because I just think that the whole of social media is just fascinating and it's kind of opened up this whole way in which we communicate and we talk and we can just kind of get collectively excited about things that we weren't able to before. You can connect with someone across the other side of the world who's interested in the same thing you are and suddenly we just kind of, out of randomness, create little games things start trending that probably would never ever trend before. It's just awesome. So apart from all of that rambling, I have selected a few things out for this week. This week's actually been quite jam-packed full of trends. It was a little bit of a struggle to kind of narrow it down. So what I'm going to do is we're going to have a look at some of the big trends and then I'm going to select what I think was the biggest trend this week. You might disagree with me and that's okay, but I'm on the podcast, so I'm going to choose it. That's the plan. Okay, so without further ado, let's get into it. Okay, so the first trend that we're going to talk about today is probably the one with the biggest trigger warning out of all of them. This was a video, this is a viral video that I saw this week and first I saw it on Twitter and then I've been seeing it popping up on my Facebook feed a number of times. I don't even know if I want to watch it again because it it's just hor- horrific to watch. It's not like a gory video or anything. It's the gyro drop ride clip. It's a kind of like a theme park ride. One of those ones which takes people up really, really high 
and then drops them. But this one's had a little bit different things done to it. So you, you're you kind of like the video starts, you don't know what's going to happen. And it looks like a normal kind of like, oh, here's a theme park. Oh, look, there's one of those drop rides. We're obviously going to watch the drop ride. And you kind of get lulled into this, oh, yeah, I've seen these before. Everything's going to be fine. As you're watching the clip, the the actual ride, the pillar of the ride doubles so as the people are going up this pole, whatever you want to call it, the the pole gets longer by like twice. And then what happens is in the clip, the seats of this ride all drop and all the people kind of go down and then they start spinning as if they're on like a carousel, one of those kind of like swing carousel things. And then they're just spinning around the top of this pillar. Now, the pillar's obviously doubled to kind of make the height doubly as tall. And then they're spinning around and slowly they kind of go back into the uh, the centre again, back into the ride, right at the top of this whole thing. And then to top it all off, then it drops. Then you get the actual drop down where people are falling and then it kind of like catches them at the end. That's the clip. Now, this is this is the thing is like you already kind of like you're expecting the drop thing to happen because that's what happens with a lot of these rides. But when you watch this clip, the the whole thing of it is the fact that suddenly the seats fall down. They're flying around everywhere. You're just watching it in like disbelief and pain because you're just like, why would anybody do this? Oh, my word. It does not make me feel good watching this clip. I like you just kind of like cringing because you just why 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 would anybody do this to themselves? And I'm not the only one who's had this reaction. And I think that's kind of like why it got so viral is the collectiveness of everybody just being like in horror that this thing is even there or existing in some form or another just kind of puts you in disbelief it is not fun to i and what i found after watching it like once the video was going to repeat itself it's only like maybe 45 minute video for 45 second video yeah 45 minutes would be a long time and i didn't want it to repeat itself i didn't want to see it again because i was so triggered from the first time watching it just in disbelief and thinking no no i i can't so many comments online. It's just not good. Nicole, the anxiety I got from watching this, thats it does give you anxiety. You just feel anxiety watching it because it, it kind of plays with your emotions. You, you think you know what's going to happen and then it just gets worse. It gets totally worse. Johnny says, I would never stop having a panic attack, never again. Oh, uh, it's... Yeah. It just it just makes that come out of you. It's so bad. And the fact that you keep seeing it popping up on your feed, uh, it just makes you cringe. I think a big factor of it as well, I mean, there's one here, WWE slash history says, I'd rather eat a tarantula. <laughs> That's a bit dramatic. Because <laughs> um, I think part of you, part of me when watching it's kind of like, would I ever do that? And just knowing how I feel about it and getting triggered just watching the clip 
would probably be a no. That was a hard pass for me. I kind of like the idea that I would be willing to give it a go, but it just looks so unnatural and wrong. Yeah, it just, just doesn't make me feel good. And you almost feel so sympathy for the people on it because you're just like, how on earth are you going to get through this? It's genuinely like fear. There is a genuine fear with it because it's so unnatural looking and you just kind of think, how on earth did this even get through health and safety checks? Genuinely triggered. Now, I was looking through the comments of this and apparently this is the gyro drop ride in Korea. So this is in Korea and it's called the gyro drop ride. Now, looking into this a little bit more, there is a big speculation as to whether or not this is fake or real. Now, the actual ride itself, the gyro drop ride, is a real ride in Korea. However, apparently... The actual bit where the seats fall down and then they kind of spin around on these um, um, ropes or whatever you want to call them, like the carousel swings, that's fake. So as far as I can gather now, I might be wrong about this, but apparently it looks like there's sort of like some CGI done to the clip to make the seats fall down, fly around and then kind of go back up into uh, into the ride itself. So... That kind of made me feel a little bit better. I mean, yes, okay, I was gullible enough to believe that it was real because of the horror of watching the whole thing. But at the same time, I was kind of like relieved when I found out that it was probably fake. Because I don't think there's any way in which that would have passed health and safety checks or even how that would have worked in reality without like major problems of so many injuries happening or potential injuries happening. I mean, how that would have even have worked, I have no idea. So that's kind of, that gave me a whole sense of just relief right there in thinking, okay, I can breathe easy. This isn't necessarily real. Although the actual gyro drop ride is real and that just goes all the way up and then drops down like a normal ride. So, okay. Okay, we can like we can have a little bit of a breather. And I think also like okay, people are hating on the fact that it it's fake or you know, as far as I can see that it's fake. But I mean, fair play to whoever put that clip together because the first time watching it or like before I found out it was fake, I was genuinely horrified. Genuinely horrified of this whole thing. Definitely playing on my emotions. I did not know what was going on there. So the skill level in putting that clip together was fantastic. And I could probably see this in some like movie somewhere, some horror movie where, you know, this could all go wrong and just lots of people dying. It's like set itself up pretty well for that. So all in all, I'm kind of like impressed with the whole clip. I mean, it is very, very good. Even though it's not real, it definitely played on my emotions this week and it's still doing so. I think if I just have a look at one of the clips on uh, on Facebook, it's had almost, it's almost 30 million views. It's on 29.4 million views right now and it's probably just going to keep on going because it's only been out for like two, three days. 
So it's got a long way to go. And I think it's going to continue to just haunt people for quite a long time. But yeah, I am impressed. Would I ever ride it? Probably not. No. <laughs> like, uh, after the just the emotions of watching something like that probably means I would probably never do it. Even though I'd like to think that maybe if the challenge was there, I would. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> The second trend that we're going to talk about this week came from Twitter. Now, one of the amazing things I found with Twitter is that every now and then you'll just be minding your own business and then something will be trending. There'll be a topic trending that you have no idea why it's trending. And yet it is. And then if you're ever like me, you kind of then want to know why it's trending. You want to know how on earth did this get there? I just, I just need to know. So you end up going through the Twitter hole, trying to find out. And usually what happens is you end up going through a lot of tweets of people being like, why is it trending? And you're doing exactly the same thing. This happened this week when there were Harry Potter houses trending on Twitter. Now, as far as I can gather, this started off with Slytherin. Slytherin was trending on Twitter and nobody could kind of figure out why. It just kind of like started happening and it came up on my feed. I was like, why is Slytherin trending? And then Ravenclaw started trending as well. And then there started to be this whole little rivalry going on with a lot of the Harry Potter houses. Ravenclaw then was kind of going up the ranks, overtaking Slytherin. And then out of nowhere, Hufflepuff came along and then for most of the night, Hufflepuff was just kind of right right up there. They were totally owning it. Now, the only thing that I can see that potentially might have started this whole thing off, now this is just me speculating, was that I got an, an email from the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, because I'm on that mailing list, and obviously they, start, they recently started doing these little postcards where if you're a fan and you're on Pottermore and stuff, you can have a little postcard made up of some of your favourite things about the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. And in this email, they kind of just gave you a little update of people using the postcards and some of the facts and figures that they came out with from everybody making their own postcards. So what it says in the email is that it seems like Slytherins were the most love-struck house, being the most likely to choose the love potion. That's all it says. It goes on a little bit more to talk about Diagon Alley and whether it's better than Hogsmeade. And that's about it. This came out on the same day that these houses were trending, starting off with Slytherin. It makes a lot of sense that that is why Slytherin was trending that kicked off this whole Harry Potter house debate on Twitter. I thought this fantastic. First off, though, we do need to talk about the fact that why is it that Slytherins love the love potion. What is it about the love potion that Slytherins love so much? I must admit, I do not necessarily connect Slytherins with love in a lot of ways. Probably because, our, you know, when you read the books, the biggest Slytherin that I can think of is Draco Malfoy. He, he didn't have a lot of love, did he? He was, uh, he wasn't happy. He wasn't a happy guy. Lots of issues going on there. 
so yeah, I was kind of a bit baffled. Like, Slytherins and love potions? Maybe that's why they need it, though. Maybe this is why they have the love potion. Because sometimes it's hard when you're trying to be resourceful to find someone that you like and they love you back. So why don't you just get a love potion, solve it, sorted the problem? That is quite resourceful if you actually think about it. Now I'm thinking about it. Yes, it is. This could be a thing. So if that is the reason why Slytherin was trending because of the whole love potion talk, this just kind of like opened up a big Harry Potter house debate on Twitter. I loved it. It was absolutely fantastic. Partly just to see people rallying around their houses. Really, really going for it. It was very close between Slytherins and Ravenclaws. I feel like there's like this unspoken like rivalry between the two houses. And it was kind of like definitely kicking off on Twitter at that point. There was shade being thrown. It was all in good kind of jest as well. It was it was nice. It was good. What what really kind of baffled me though is it seemed to be like Slytherins and Ravenclaws were kind of like no we're better. No, what are you doing? And then Hufflepuff come along out of nowhere and suddenly you get the kind of Hufflepuff troop coming through. And although people like really, really throw shade at Hufflepuff, they're always like, oh yeah, the, you're, the, you're the house nobody wants to be because you're Hufflepuff. And people were like, oh yeah, Ravenclaw and Slytherin are fighting over here. Hufflepuff just came along for fun because they can do that. They're Hufflepuff. And as a Hufflepuff myself, it was actually really nice to actually see a lot of Hufflepuffs rallying together to just kind of like really, really claim it. We were totally there. I It took me a while to accept the fact that I was a Hufflepuff because I really didn't want to be one. <laughs> when I did the Pottermore quiz, I was like, anything but Hufflepuff. Unfortunately, that didn't happen for me. I was Hufflepuff. So I I have gotten over the uh, my fear of being a Hufflepuff. I have accepted it. And you know what? After going through this whole thing this week on Twitter, it's really kind of like put my faith in being a Hufflepuff. Just to see the fact that like we were rallying together, we were right there with our yellow and our badges, we were just kind of like totally there, all for the fun. There was no shade being thrown. We were just kind of like, we just want to be here for the fun. We are here just to have a good time. That's like the Hufflepuff spirit right there, doing it large. And I thought that was kind of like where it was going to kind of end in the end. I thought, oh yeah, just just some really, really Harry Potter house love, Hogwarts love for the houses, everybody rallying around, just seeing how many people actually love their houses. The fact that they were trending was just kind of like giving it all this vibe. And then Pottermore on Twitter, the actual Pottermore account decided, hey, let's make this more interesting. This was the tweet. Competitive tweeting about Hogwarts houses is strictly frowned upon. So naturally, whichever house trends the longest gets 10 points. Go. Well, you can imagine what happened when this tweet came out. People went for it. Now, as far as I could see at the time of this going out and the the subsequent time after that, I could be wrong, but 
on my Twitter feed, Hufflepuff was trending higher than everybody else. Just saying. I don't know what happened with the other houses. I feel like Slytherin and Ravenclaw, they kind of got in there early and then they kind of like petered out and, and it wasn't as important anymore. But Hufflepuff, because we were just there having a good time, we just kept on going. I mean, you can't really put a good Hufflepuff down, can you? They're just here for the good times. <laughs> That's it. All that friendship and everything. <laughs> now, one house we haven't talked about was Gryffindor. And there's a very good reason for that. I did not see Gryffindor trending at all. I do not know what happened to the Gryffindors. Where were they? Because as far as I could tell, they didn't get very high on trending scale at all. Maybe they, maybe they just thought they were too cool. They're out, they're out there being brave all the time. No, they haven't got time to keep checking Twitter. What's all that about? Playing little Twitter games? So this all happened. It was just like, it was a wild ride that whole day that this went out. June the 12th, this happened. What day was that? That was, that was a Wednesday. That was Wednesday. It was, it kind of like filled up my whole evening. I was totally enjoying it way too much. However, I don't know which Harry Potter house won. I mean, Pottermore hasn't responded. They haven't said anything. I'm just left here thinking, well, I'm pretty sure Hufflepuff took it because I didn't see anybody else as high up as they were for the rest of that evening. But I could be wrong. I'm just going to kind of like just revel in the fact that I'm fair, like, as far as I understand, Hufflepuff won it and we got 10 points for our house. Obviously, it don't, doesn't amount to anything, but I can enjoy it for the time being. <laughs> so, yes, totally there for it. And well done to all the Hufflepuffs for getting in there and just doing it large. So another thing that happened on Wednesday, this is a very, very British thing, but YouGov, the company who who is in the UK that kind of like do all the surveys and find out what the public think about everything, they released two pictures of the British public's favourite British foods. So apparently they have a savoury list and a sweet list and they came out with what were the British public's favourite British foods. They've done it in the very typical kind of like god tier, top tier, mid tier, low tier and rubbish tier. And it's an interesting list. And people are kind of, obviously, as you do with any of these, they get quite heated, quite divided. Some of them are totally here for it. Some of them think this is all just rubbish. So we thought, I thought, let's kind of really delve into this. What have we got on the list? Okay, so if we start off with thinking about British foods, thinking about those classic British savoury dishes or sweet dishes, we're going to start off with the savoury first though, and what would be the top, what would be the bottom? So this list includes things like jelly deals, there's haggis on there, Scotched egg, Cornish pasty, shepherd's pie, 
Fish and chips is one. That's a good one. Bacon sandwiches. So where would everything lie? There's quite a few items. And you can see this on the Twitter feed at YouGov. So we're just going to start off on the God tier. We have got the Yorkshire pudding, Sunday roast, fish and chips, crumpets, full English breakfast or and bacon sandwich. The God tier. That is the God tier. That is the very, very highest. Now, the top tier has got bangers and mash, cottage pie and shepherd's pie. The mid tier, the middle of the road, toad in the hole, cauliflower cheese, Cornish pasty, pie and mash, chicken tikka masala, ploughman's lunch and Welsh rarebit. Low tier, so we're going down now. These are the ones that didn't kind of get very high. We have got bubble and squeak, beef wellington, scotched egg, Lancaster pot hot pot, pork pie, steak and kidney pie. And at the very, very bottom... The bottom of the list, we have got the steak and kidney pie or pudding, whatever you want to call it. We've got black pudding. We've got kippers, liver and onion, haggis, faggots, lava bread and jelly deals. Now, I've shown this to a few of my friends. They had very, very mixed reactions to this list, as did I. I don't actually think that the there's I think it's a fairly well placed kind of list, but there are a few questions that I had. First off, okay, so I don't know about you, but Yorkshire pudding is in the god tier. Who has a Yorkshire pudding on its own? Surely that's just part of a Sunday roast. I would not say like I would say a Yorkshire pudding on its own is not that great. I couldn't eat a whole plate of Yorkshire puddings. With other things, like with gravy and some like other bits, they're fantastic. They're so good. They're a great accompaniment to your roast dinner. Would I have it on its own? No. Of course not. <laughs> Which brings me to my second point. In the mid-tier, we've got cauliflower cheese. Another dish that I would say is not a dish that I would particularly eat on its own. What on earth is that? Doing It's like surely that's just part of the Sunday roast. It's one of those things that you kind of add to the meal. It's kind of a dish that you make, you put it with other things and it makes a complete meal. If I was just given a plate of cauliflower cheese, I don't even think I would be able to finish that. I mean, I might get halfway through, but then I just get bored. I'd be like, what on earth is this? And don't get me wrong, cauliflower cheese is nice. Do I want a whole bowl of it, though? No. That's it. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't know, like, how I feel about this whole list. I do agree, though, that Sunday roast should be in the god tier. Fish and chips is a classic English dish. Yes. And one that I am pleasantly surprised to see in the god tier but I am totally here for it, is the bacon sandwich. I didn't... When you sort of talk about British foods, I wouldn't even, like, think about the bacon sandwich as a British food, but it's one of those things that is so good, sometimes you just forget about it. And then when you remember, 
you're just kind of delightfully reminded of the greatness that is the bacon sandwich. It's so simple, and yet it's so powerful. When I look at the rubbish tier right at the bottom, there's not really anything there that I particularly like, so I don't feel that bad about it. Sorry, I mean, I do like faggots. Faggots are nice. I don't have them very often. I probably haven't had one in, like, two years. I've never tried haggis, so I can't really comment on haggis. But one of the guys I work with, Barry, at work, I showed him this list, and he was very, very upset that Kippers was in the rubbish list. He is obsessed. He loves Kippers. That's what he said to me. So, yeah, I I feel bad for him about that one. But I, I don't think I've really tried Kippers, so I couldn't really make a comment on that one. I don't like black pudding, so that one was fine for me. <laughs> and I think the only one that I would potentially change from the middle piles, like cottage pie, shepherd's pie, yeah, whatever. I mean, they're all right. I, you know, I don't have them a lot. Was the chicken tikka masala. I love a bit of curry. And it's so nice that we have our own, like, British curry. I'd love to see that one a little bit higher. It's only in the mid-tier, right in the middle. I would almost put that in the top tier. Would it be god-tier material? It could be, if it was good. If it's a good chicken tikka masala, I'd be totally here for it. But I'm happy just putting it... i just move it up. I'd move it up to the top tier. So, you know, this is the amazing thing with this survey. It just kind of baffles me. My big question is, did some of these dishes, like the cauliflower cheese, were they just automatically on this survey and people had to pick their favourites? Or... Did people actually suggest it as a meal that they would have? Because that worries me. The fact that cauliflower cheese and Yorkshire pudding are classed as their own thing, I just I just don't get it. I really, really don't. Which moves me on to our desserts. Our favourite sweet foods that are from Britain. What would you have? Now... In the god tier of this one, we have got scones and Victoria sponge cake. I am going to say scones. I don't say scones. It just doesn't come out of my mouth, I'm afraid. So you just have to put up with me saying scones. Okay, I'm glad we've got that cleared out. Don't, have a, don't come at me on Twitter. Okay. Also, you go jam and then cream on top. Just saying. It's scones with jam and then cream on top. Not only, Not the other way around. Don't want to hear it. It's a scone with jam and then the clotted cream. Okay, I'm glad we got that all cleared out. That was good. On the top tier then, the one just below the god tier, hot cross buns, sticky toffee pudding, bakewell tart and eaten mess. In the mid tier, this is the one that's got the most items in it. We have got the English trifle. The mince pie, jam roly-poly, Madeira cake, Nooker Bocca glory, treacle tart, bread and butter pudding, and banoffee pie. There's like a good eclectic mix in the middle. If we move down to the low tier, we've got the Battenberg cake, spotted dick, Christmas pudding, Akeel's cake, I think that says. I can't read. And Welsh cakes. 
I am surprised that Welsh cakes is so down on the list. I love Welsh cakes. When I was living in Cardiff for a few years, there's this little place in the bay that would make them fresh. And I would always go there to get Welsh cakes. They were so good. Oh, I just want some right now. Oh, so good. And then in the very, very bottom, the rubbish tier, there's only one thing in the rubbish tier pile. It's the deep fried Mars bar. Really? How is that at the bottom? I love a good deep fried Mars bar. Yes, it's really, really bad for you. Yes, it's just kind of like fat and oil and everything. But when you do have one and it's just kind of got this melted Mars bar in the middle, it's so good. Just for that split second of it in your mouth, you know you're going to feel it later and it's not going to be good. But the enjoyment of eating one is fantastic. <laughs> so yeah, I'm a little bit surprised that made it to the bottom. I think what it shows with this list is that we do like our sweet. I mean, there's more stuff as you go higher up. They're just kind of like... Not a lot of things make it to the very, very bottom of the list. It's kind of like a, a nice looking thing going on. I would definitely put Welsh cakes in the top tier, maybe even the god tier. I do like them. They are good. I don't feel as triggered about this list, partly because I just... Not a lot of the desserts excite me that much. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I might... Okay, I'm going to throw it out there. I might put hot cross buns lower. I don't know if they deserve a top tier spot. I'm not... I don't get that excited with hot cross buns. The only time I get excited with hot cross buns is when I put Nutella on them or chocolate spread. That's about it. So, like, I feel like I have to put other things on a hot cross bun to make it nice. But that's just me. I don't I don't want to trigger anybody with that one. The only thing that shocks me with the God tier, with the scones and the Victoria sponge, they're almost very, very similar. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. And they're also kind of like quite simple dishes. But maybe that's why they're so good. Because they've like mastered the ability of being simple and doing it very, very well. So those were the two lists. That's my opinion, anyway, on the lists. I mean, they're, they're, they're like, they're okay. I will throw it out there, though. There's one food on the savoury list that I think should have been there that's not. We have got the Cornish pasty in the mid-tier range. However, where on earth is the sausage roll? Surely that is a classic British thing. I mean, it might not be British. I have no idea. I just assume that it is. If it's not, I mean, we've adopted it very, very well. Surely that should be up there in the God tier is the sausage roll. Whenever I have, like, foreign friends come to the UK, we always have to go and get a sausage roll. And they're always blown away. They are always like, what is this? I had a friend from the States come over. We were in London, having a great time. And of course, you want to kind of like give them the whole British experience. Sometimes it's hard to find like good British food in the centre of London. So I can always rely on there being like a Greg's or something else, which does British pastries and stuff like that. Getting a Cornish pasty or... A sausage roll totally fills that void. It's so good. 
So yeah, that's the only thing this list is missing, and it should be it should be there because it should be in the top. I mean, it's just totally there, ready for it. It would be fantastic. So this was definitely like a trend that happened this week. Really did spark quite the debate. People are very divided, but sometimes it's a good thing. Although I am a little bit kind of worried that there are some things that I wouldn't put there and some foods that are missing, like the sausage roll, that really, really should be there. We want to see more sausage rolls on top tier stuff. Although it's, it has made me kind of hungry. I might have to go and get something to eat after this. Okay, the last trend that we're going to talk about today, because we have just gone on a bit of a tangent about British foods. We didn't, I didn't know we were going to do that today, but hey, apparently I feel quite strongly about it. <laughs> okay, so the last trend that I'm going to talk about today has probably been the one that's taken over the week more than any other one. This has been something that's lasted throughout the week. It has totally been there and it all started on Monday when Justin Bieber started to have a bit of an issue with Tom Cruise. Out of nowhere, nobody seems to know why this happened or how it happened, but Justin Bieber tweeted, I want to challenge Tom Cruise to a fight in the octagon Tom, if you don't take this fight, you're scared and you will never live it down. Who is willing to put on the fight? First question, what is Justin Bieber's issue with Tom Cruise? Where did this, where did the kind of, the anger get so much that he needed a tweet at him? And it's not just like a tweet like, hey, Tom, I want to fight you. No, I mean, he literally goes like, he goes off on one and is like, and if you don't take this... You're never going to live it down. I want to take you out. I mean, was he watching like a Tom Cruise movie and maybe it was bad and just got really angry about it? Or maybe he was watching like a Mission Impossible movie and thought, you know what? This guy looks pretty hard. I want to fight him. I have no idea. Bit random. People were kind of like really, really bemused by this whole thing. Everybody's just kind of being like, Justin, what's the problem? Why have you got an issue? What did Tom do? I don't think we'll ever find out what Tom did. And you kind of get a little bit sorry for Tom Cruise. I don't think he actually responded. I don't think we've heard anything from Tom Cruise about this. He's keeping his head well low at the moment. He's just like minding his own business, doesn't want to know. But people were kind of like trying to weigh this whole thing up because Tom Cruise is like 56 years old. It's quite a bit older. He's like 30, 31 years older than Justin Bieber. Like Justin, everybody was basically going, why do you want to fight a 52, six-year-old? <laughs> What's the issue here? <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> it, it definitely kind of brought this whole confusion to the internet. And we didn't really get any answers. Apart from a few days later, Justin Bieber was just like, huh, I'm joking. Didn't really mean it. But people were genuinely, like, excited to put this fight on and they kind of wanted to see what was going to happen. That wasn't the only thing that this kind of sparked, though. Because of the age difference and because of this whole thing happening, people then kind of wanted to debate or kind of go in thinking, you know what? 31 years is quite a big age gap. 
Who would I fight if I was going to challenge a celebrity 31 years older than me? I woke up one morning to just see a load of famous names trending. One of them was Jackie Chan. And you know when you kind of like see some names trending online and you think, I really hope nothing bad has happened. Has somebody died? You don't really want to find out, but you also know that you you kind of just want to know what's happened. So you end up clicking on the name. You've got this kind of tense fear going on because you don't, you're hoping it's not bad news. But you never know though. So I sort of, you click, I clicked on Jackie Chan's name and then this relief came over me when I realised that it was about this whole 31 years age difference thing. Jackie Chan was okay. Nothing had happened. Just relief coming over me. And people were genuinely like, Okay, 31 years, let's figure out which celebrities would I be fighting or challenging to a fight if this was me. So obviously there are a lot of people 31 years younger than Jackie Chan who were tweeting about this. Also Harrison Ford's name was trending for a while as well. But I love some of the responses though because it's kind of just like from the bizarre place that Justin Bieber started it just kind of amalgamated and carried on. And then people were totally here for it. And they were totally getting into the challenge. Some of the some of the comments on Twitter, we have Jessica who says, she, is, she isn't exactly 31's my senior, but she would really like to uh, challenge Kim Basinger to a fight. Jim says, Tony Bennett. R- Raymond. <laughs> Jackie Chan. <laughs> a lot of people as well... Although they're naming the celebrities that they would fight, they genuinely, like, there's a lot more kind of like, I'm going to die rather than, hey, I want to fight you. I mean, Justin was like coming up with his whole fight talk and like venom. And a lot of people were just kind of like, yeah, I'm going to challenge you, but I know I'm going to lose. It's not going to go well for me. Like Raymond says, I ain't scared of you, Jackie Chan. Editor's note, Raymond is very scared. Liz has Barbara Streisand. Kathy, I'd call out Judy Dench, but she'd kick my ass. <laughs> Chad, Jeff Goldblum, <laughs> Kevin has Ian McKellen, and he also says he'd probably kick my ass, which sucks. <laughs> so, this generally got me wondering who my celebrities were, who would beat me in a fight. I generally took me a while to find this out, partly because I just think the age difference was just kind of quite high. But I was I was totally here to find out. I really wanted to find out who would I be challenging to a fight. So the people I got, 31 years older than I am, I had Daniel Day-Lewis, Gloria Estefan and Donny Osmond. I don't like my chances, to be honest. I mean, I feel like I might be able to take Donny Osmond, but he has got sparkling white teeth. I mean, I wouldn't want to hit that. Also, he's just really nice, isn't he? Or he comes across really nice. I don't know if I'd be able to do it. I'm just a bit of a wimp. (laughs) That's that's my problem. (laughs) Daniel Day-Lewis, I feel like, would be quite scary. Yeah, I can imagine Gloria Estefan might be a little bit feisty. So I don't like my chances with that, with those three. So I'm a bit stuck. 31 years, yeah. I won't be, I won't be taking down that challenge. Let's just say that. <laughs> but I'm glad to see other people are. 
Maybe though, let's just stay clear of trying to challenge Jackie Chan because you know he's pretty, uh, he's pretty good at the fighting thing. So we've had an eclectic mix of trends this week. I mean, there are more that I could talk about, but I mean, time's getting on, and you know, I'm just rambling. You've just put up with my rambling for ages. Out of the trends this week, we had the gyro drop ride video, which freaked everybody out. We had the Battle of the House Cup on Twitter for the Harry Potter houses. Well done, Hufflepuff. We also had vote of the best classic British foods. And the celebrity challenge, challenging celebrities 31 years older than you. I'm thinking about these trends. I'm thinking, which one would I say was the trend of the week? They're all so different this week as well. This is only the first episode, for crying out loud. Personally, I think... I, I'm really tempted to go for the gyro drop ride. But I'm not, because... I mean, it, it was just scary. Even if it wasn't real. I'm going to go for the house cup. For me, that one was the most fun to get involved in. And it was so nice just to kind of like finally see other Hufflepuffs rallying together, taking the house cup. I mean, I'm pretty sure we won it. Just saying. So, yes, trend of the week. Battle for the house cup on Twitter. Well done to the Slytherins and the Ravenclaws. I don't know what happened to you, Gryffindor, but I'm hoping that you're still there. It just made me immensely proud this week to be a Hufflepuff. And there's not been many times when I have felt that proud to be a Hufflepuff. So it's just kind of enabled me to embrace that side of myself. More of that acceptance, that Hufflepuff acceptance that I need in my life. (laughs) Well, you can always let me know what your favourite trends are. I'm going to be searching out this week to see what's going to happen online because you never know. I mean... Could have we? Could I have predicted half of the stuff that ended up trending? No, of course not. This is the beauty of the internet. Did we know that Harry Potter houses were suddenly going to be trending on Twitter? Of course not. But we're totally here for it. And I'm excited to see as we do this series every single week, getting into the trends, talking about them on this podcast. And of course, I'd love to hear from you of your favourite trends those things that have just really sparked you this week, whether it's a gyro drop ride video that's just totally freaked you out or whether it's a great trend on Twitter, whatever it is, you can always drop me a message on Twitter at Kaylee Hillier. And I hope you join me next time on the podcast. <laughs>